0: Chapter 18 of Arsène Lupin by Maurice Leblanc translated by Edgar Jepsen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain Chapter 18 The Duke Stays The duke shut the door and leaned against it listening anxiously breathing quickly There came the bang of the front door With a deep sigh of relief he left the door came briskly smiling across the room and put the card case back into the pocket of Gershard's cloak. He lighted a cigarette, dropped into an easy chair, and sat waiting, with an entirely careless air, for the detective's return. Presently, he heard quick footsteps on the bare boards of the empty room beyond the opening. Then Gershard came down the steps and out of the fireplace. His face wore an expression of extreme perplexity. "'I can't understand it,' he said. "'I found nothing.' "'Nothing?' said the Duke. "'No. "'Are you sure you saw the handkerchief "'in one of those little rooms on the second floor?' "'Quite sure,' said Gershah. "'Of course I did,' said the Duke. "'Isn't it there?' "'No,' said Gersha. "'You can't have looked properly,' said the Duke, "'with a touch of irony in his voice.' If I were you, I should go back and look again. No, if I've looked for a thing, I've looked for it. There's no need for me to look a second time. But all the same, it's rather funny. Doesn't it strike you as being rather funny, Your Grace? said Gershah, with a worried air. It strikes me as being uncommonly funny, said the Duke, with an ambiguous smile. Gersha looked at him with a sudden uneasiness. Then he rang the bell. Bonavent came into the room. Mademoiselle Krichnov, Bonavent, it's quite time, said Gershaw. Mademoiselle Krichnov? said Bonavent, with an air of surprise. Yes, it's time that she was taken to the police station. Mademoiselle Krichnov has gone, sir, said Bonavent, in a tone of quiet remonstrance. Gone? What do you mean by "gone"? said Gersha. "Gone, sir," "gone," said Bonavent patiently. "But you're mad, mad!" cried Gersha. "No, I'm not mad," said Bonavent. "Gone,". "But who let her go?" cried Gersha. "The man at the door," said Bonavent. "The man at the door," said Gersha, in a tone of stupefaction. "But she had to have my permit." permit on my card. Send the fools up to me." Bonavent went to the top of the staircase and called down it. Gerchar followed him. Two detectives came hurrying up the stairs and into the drawing-room. "'What the devil do you mean by letting Mademoiselle Krychinov leave the house without my permit written on my card?' cried Gerchar violently. "'But she had your permit, sir, and it was written on your card,' stammered one of the detectives was? It was, said Gesha. Then, by Jove, it was a forgery. He stood thoughtful for a moment. Then, quietly, he told his two men to go back to their post. He did not stir for a minute or two, puzzling it out, seeking light. Then he came back slowly into the drawing room and looked uneasily at the duke. The duke was sitting in his easy chair, smoking a cigarette with a listless air. Guérchard looked at him and looked at him, almost as if he now saw him for the first time. "'Well,' said the duke, "'have you sent that poor child off to prison? "'If i had done a thing like that, I don't think I should sleep very well, Monsieur Guérchard.' "'That poor child has just escaped by means of a forged permit.' "'said Gershah, very gloomily. "'By Jove, I am glad to hear that!' cried the Duke. "'You'll forgive my lack of sympathy, Monsieur Gershah, "'but she was such a child!' "'Not too young to be Lupin's accomplice,' said Gershah dryly. "'You really think she is?' said the Duke, in a tone of doubt. "'I'm sure of it,' said Gershah, with decision. "'Then he added slowly,' with a perplexed air. But how? How could she get that forged permit? The duke shook his head and looked as solemn as an owl. Gershah looked at him uneasily, went out of the drawing-room, and shut the door. How long has Mademoiselle Krichnov been gone? he said to Bonavent. Not much more than five minutes, said Bonavent. She came out from talking to you in the drawing-room. "'Talking to me in the drawing-room!' exclaimed Gershah. "'Yes!' said Bonavent. "'She came out and went straight down the stairs and out of the house.' "'A faint, sighing gasp came from Gershah's lips. "'He dashed into the drawing-room, "'crossed the room quickly to his cloak, "'picked it up, "'took the card-case out of the pocket, "'and counted the cards in it. "'Then he looked at the duke, the duke smiled at him, a charming smile, almost caressing. There seemed to be a lump in Gerchard's throat. He swallowed it loudly. He put the card case into the breast pocket of the coat he was wearing. Then he cried sharply, Bonavent, Bonavent. Bonavent opened the door and stood in the doorway. You sent off Victoire in the prison van, I suppose said Gershah. Oh, a long while ago, sir, said Bonavent. The van had been waiting at the door since half past nine. Since half past nine? But I told them I shouldn't want it till a quarter to eleven. I suppose they were making an effort to be in time for once. Well, doesn't matter, said Gershah. Then I suppose I'd better send the other prison van away, said Bonavent. What other van, said Gershah. The van which has just arrived, said Bonavent. What? What on earth are you talking about? cried Gershah, with a sudden anxiety in his voice and on his face. Didn't you order two prison vans? said Bonavent. Gershah jumped, and his face went purple with fury and dismay. You don't mean to tell me that two prison vans have been here, he cried. Yes, sir, said Bonavent. Damnation! cried Gershaw. "'In which of them did you put Victoire, in which of them?' "'Why, in the first, sir,' said Bonarvain. "'Did you see the police in charge of it, the coachman?' "'Yes, sir,' said Bonarvain. "'Did you recognize them?' said Gershaw. "'No,' said Bonarvain. "'They must have been new men. "'They told me they came from the Santé.' "'You silly fool!' said Gersha through his teeth. A fine lot of sense you've got. Why? What's the matter? Said Bonavent. We're done. Done in the eye. Roared Gersha. It's a stroke. A stroke. Of Lupin's. Interposed the duke softly. But I don't understand. Said Bonavent. You don't understand, you idiot. Cried Gersha. You've sent Victoire away in a sham prison van. A prison van belonging to Lupin. Oh, that scoundrel! He always has something up his sleeve. He certainly shows foresight, said the Duke. It was very clever of him to foresee the arrest of Victoire and provide against it. Yes, but where is the leakage? Where is the leakage? cried Gershaw, fuming. How did he learn that the doctor said she would recover her wits at ten o'clock? Here, I've had a guard at the door all day. Have imprisoned the household all the provisions have been received directly by a man of mine and here he is ready to pick up victoire the very moment she gives herself away where is the leakage he turned on bonavent and went on it's no use your standing there with your mouth open looking like a fool go upstairs to the servants quarters and search victoire's room again that fool of an inspector may have missed something just as he missed Victoire herself, get on, be smart. Bonavent went off briskly. Gersha paced up and down the room, scowling. Really, I'm beginning to agree with you, Monsieur Gersha, that this Lupin is a remarkable man," said the Duke. "That prison van is extraordinarily neat. I'll prison van him!" cried Gersha. "But what fools I have to work with!" If I could get hold of people of ordinary intelligence, it would be impossible to play such a trick as that. I don't know about that, said the Duke thoughtfully. I think it would have required an uncommon fool to discover that trick. What on earth do you mean, why? said Gershaw. Because it's so wonderfully simple, said the Duke. And at the same time, it's such infernal cheek. There's something in that, said Gershak grumpily. But then, I'm always saying to my men, suspect everything, suspect everybody, suspect, suspect, suspect. I tell you, Your Grace, that there is only one motto for the successful detective, and that is that one word, suspect. It can't be a very comfortable business, then, said the Duke. But I suppose it has its charms. Huh. One gets used to the disagreeable part, said Gershah. The telephone bell rang, and he rose and went to it. He put the receiver to his ear and said, Yes, it's I, Chief Inspector Gershah. He turned and said to the Duke, It's the gardener at Sharm Your Grace. Is it? said the Duke indifferently. Gershah turned to the telephone. Are you there? he said. Can you hear me clearly? I want to know. Who was in your hothouse yesterday? Who could have gathered some of your pink solvius? I told you that it was I, said the Duke. Yes, yes, I know, said Gersha, And he turned again to the telephone. Yes, yesterday, he said. Nobody else? No one but the Duke of Chamas? Are you sure? Quite sure? Absolutely sure? Yeah, that's all I wanted to know. Thank you. He turned to the duke and said, Did you hear that, Your Grace? The gardener says that you were the only person in his hothouse yesterday, the only person who could have plucked any pink sole he Does he? said the duke carelessly. Gershah looked at him, his brow knitted in a faint, pondering frown. Then the door opened, and Bonavent came in. I've been through Victoire's room, he said. And all I could find that might be of any use is this, a prayer book. It was on her dressing table just as she left it. The inspector hadn't touched it. What about it? said Gersha, taking the prayer book. There's a photograph in it, said Bonavent. It may come in useful when we circulate her description, for I suppose we shall try to get hold of Victoire. Gersha took the photograph from the prayer book and looked at it. Looks about ten years old, he said. It's a good deal faded for reproduction. Hello. What have we here? The photograph showed Victoire in her Sunday best, and with her, a boy of seventeen or eighteen. Guershaw's eyes glued themselves to the face of the boy. He stared at it, holding the portrait now nearer, now further off. His eyes kept stealing covertly, from the photograph to the face of the Duke. The Duke caught one of those covert glances, and a vague uneasiness flickered in his eyes. Gerchard saw it. He came nearer to the Duke and looked at him, earnestly, as if he couldn't believe his eyes. "'What's the matter?' said the Duke. "'What are you looking at so curiously? Isn't my tie straight?' and he put up his hand and felt it. Oh, nothing, nothing, said Gershah, and he studied the photograph again with a frowning face. There was a noise, a voice and laughter in the hall. Those people are going, said the Duke. I must go down and say goodbye to them. And he rose and went out of the room. Gershah stood staring, staring at the photograph. The Duke ran down the stairs and said good-bye to the millionaire's guests. After they had gone, Monsieur Gournet Martin went quickly up the stairs. Germain and the Duke followed more slowly. "My father is going to the Ritz to sleep," said Germain, "and I'm going with him. He doesn't like the idea of my sleeping in this house tonight. I suppose he's afraid that Lupin will make an attack in force with all his gang. Still, if he did..." I think that Gerschat could give a good account of himself. He's got men enough in the house at any rate. Irma tells me it's swarming with him. It would never do for me to be in the house if there were a fight. Oh, come, you don't really believe that Lupin is coming tonight, said the duke with a skeptical laugh. The whole thing is sheer bluff. He has no more intention of coming tonight to steal the coronet than, than I have. Oh, well... There's no harm in being on a safe side, said Germain. Everybody's agreed that he's a very terrible person. I'll just run up to my room and get a wrap. Irma has my things all packed. She can come round tomorrow morning to the Ritz and dress me. She ran up the stairs, and the Duke went into the drawing-room. He found Gershaw standing where he had left him, still frowning, still thinking hard. The family are off to The Ritz. It's rather a reflection of your powers of protecting them, isn't it, said the Duke. Oh well, I expect they'd be happier out of the house, said Gershah. He looked at the Duke again with inquiring, searching eyes. What's the matter, said the Duke? Is my tie crooked? Oh no,, no, it's quite straight, Your Grace said Gershah. but he did not take his eyes from the Duke's face. The door opened and in came Monsieur Gournay-Martin, holding a bag in his hand. "'It seems to be settled that I'm never to sleep in my own house again,' he said in a grumbling tone. "'There's no reason to go,' said the Duke. "'Why are you going?' "'Danger,' said Monsieur Gournay-Martin. "'You read Lupin's telegram. "'I shall come tonight, between a quarter to twelve and midnight, to take the coronet. "'He knows that it was in my bedroom.' you think i'm going to sleep in that room with the chance of that scoundrel turning up and cutting my throat oh you can have a dozen policemen in the room if you like said the duke can't he monsieur guirchard certainly said Gersha. i can answer for it that you will be in no danger monsieur gourmet martin thank you said the millionaire but all the same outside is good enough for me Germain came into the room cloaked and ready to start for once in a way you are ready first papa she said are you coming jacques no i think i'll stay here on the chance that lupin is not bluffing said the duke i don't think myself that i'm going to be gladdened by the sight of him in fact i'm ready to bet against it but you're all so certain about it that i really must stay on the chance and after all there's no doubt that he's a man of immense audacity and ready to take any risk well, at any rate, if he does come, he won't find the diadem, said M. gournay in a tone of triumph. I'm taking it with me. I've got it here, and he held up his bag. You are? said the Duke. Yes, I am, said M. gournay firmly. Do you think it's wise? said the Duke. Why not? said M. gournay If Lupin really made up his mind to collar that coronet... And if you're so sure that, in spite of all these safeguards, he's going to make the attempt, it seems to me that you're taking a considerable risk. He asked you to have it ready for him in your bedroom. He didn't say which bedroom. Good Lord! I never thought of that, said M. gournay with an air of sudden and very lively alarm. His grace is right, said Gershaw. It would be exactly like Lupin to send that telegram to drive you out of the house with the coronet to some place where you would be less protected. That is exactly one of his tricks. Good heavens, said the millionaire, pulling out his keys and unlocking the bag. He opened it, pausing, hesitatingly, and snapped it to again. Have a minute, he said. I want a word with you, Duke. He led the way out of the drawing room, and the Duke followed him. He shut the door and said in a whisper. In a case like this, I suspect everybody. Everybody suspects everybody, apparently, said the Duke. Are you sure you don't suspect me? Now, now, this is no time for joking, said the millionaire impatiently. What do you think about Gersha?" About Gersha?" said the Duke. What do you mean? Do you think I can put full confidence in Gersha?" said Monsieur Gouinard-Martin. Oh, I think so, said the Duke. Besides, I shall be here to look after Gersha, And, though I wouldn't undertake to answer for Lupin, I think I can answer for Gersha. If he tries to escape with the coronet, I will wring his neck for you with pleasure. It would do me good, and it would do Gershah good too. The millionaire stood reflecting for a minute or two. Then he said, Very good, I'll trust him. Hardly had the door closed behind the millionaire and the duke, when Gerchard crossed the room quickly to Germain, and drew from his pocket the photograph of Victoire and the young man. Do you know this photograph of his grace, mademoiselle? He said quickly. Germain took the photograph and looked at it. It's rather faded, she said. Yes, it's about ten years old, said Gerchard. I seem to know the face of the woman, said Germain. But if it's ten years old, it certainly isn't the photograph of the Duke. But it's like him, said Gershah. Oh, yes, it's like the Duke as he is now. At least, it's a little like him. But it's not like the Duke as he was ten years ago. He has changed so, said Germain. Oh, has he? Said Gershah. Yes, there was that exhausting journey of his, and then his illness. The doctors gave up all hope of him, you know. Oh, did they? said Guirchard. Yes, at Montevideo, but his health is quite restored now. The door opened, and the millionaire and the duke came into the room. Monsieur Gournet-Martin set his bag upon the table, unlocked it, and with a solemn air took out the case which held the coronet. He opened it, and they looked at it. Isn't it beautiful, he said with a sigh. Marvelous, said the duke. M. Gournay-Martin closed the case and said solemnly, There is danger, Monsieur Gershaw, so I am going to trust the coronet to you. You are the defender of my hearth and home. You are the proper person to guard the coronet. I take it that you have no objection. Not the slightest, M. Gournay-Martin, said Gershaw. It's exactly what I wanted you to ask me to do. M. Gournay-Martin hesitated. Then he handed the coronet to Gershaw, saying with a frank and noble air, I have every confidence in you, Monsieur Gershaw. Thank you, said Gershaw. Good night, said Monsieur Gournay-Martin. Good night, Monsieur Gerschat, said Germain. I think after all I'll change my mind and go with you. I'm very short of sleep, said the Duke. Good night, Monsieur Gershaw. You're never going to, Your Grace, cried Gershaw. Why, you don't want me to stay, do you? said the Duke. Yes, said Gershah slowly. I think I'd rather go to bed, said the duke gaily. Are you afraid? said Gershah. And there was challenge, almost an insolent challenge in his tone. There was a pause. The duke frowned slightly with a reflective air. Then he drew himself up and said a little haughtily, You've certainly found a way to make me stay, Monsieur Gesha. Yes, yes, stay, stay, said M. Gournay-Martin hastily. It's an excellent idea, excellent. You're the very man to help M. Gershaw, Duke. You're an intrepid explorer, used to danger and resourceful, absolutely fearless. Do you really mean to say you're not going home to bed, Jacques, said Germaine, disregarding her father's wish with her usual frankness? No, I'm going to stay with M. Gershaw, said the Duke slowly. Well... "'You will be fresh to go to the princesses tomorrow night,' said Germain petulantly. "'You didn't get any sleep at all last night. You couldn't have. You left Schaumhaus at eight o'clock. You were motoring all the night, and only got to Paris at six o'clock this morning.' "'Motoring all night, from eight o'clock to six, muttered Gerchard under his breath. "'Oh, that will be all right,' said the duke carelessly. This interesting affair is to be over by midnight, isn't it? Well, I warn you that, tired or fresh, you will have to come with me to the princesses tomorrow night. All Paris will be there, all Paris, that is, who are in Paris. Oh, I shall be fresh enough, said the Duke. They went out of the drawing-room and down the stairs, all four of them. There was an alert readiness about Gershah, as if he were ready to spring, He kept within a foot of the duke, right to the front door. The detective in charge opened it, and they went down the steps to the taxicab which was awaiting them. The duke kissed Germaine's fingers and handed her into the taxicab. Monsieur Gournay-Martin paused at the cab door and turned and said with a pathetic air, Am I never to sleep in my own house again? He got into the cab and drove off. The Duke turned and came up the steps, followed by Gerchat. In the hall, he took his opera hat and coat from the stand and went upstairs. Halfway up the flight, he paused and said, ''Where shall we wait for Lupin, Monsieur Gerchat, in the drawing-room, or in Monsieur Gournay-Martin's bedroom?'' ''Oh, the drawing-room,'' said Gersha. ''I think it very unlikely that Lupin will look for the coronet in Monsieur Gournay-Martin's bedroom. He would know very well that that is the last place to find it now. The duke went on into the drawing-room. At the door, Gershah stopped and said, I will just go and post my men, your grace. Very good, said the duke, and he went into the drawing-room. He sat down, lighted a cigarette, and yawned. Then he took out his watch and looked at it. Another twenty minutes, he said. End of chapter 18